I can see that I'm with 
here was a scripture what Paul says what then shall we say to these things if God would be for us then who could be against us that's why we're winning and that's what we got to say to all these situations all the obstacles all the frustrations all the way of thinking all the mindsets we can't shift all the opposition in the home everything that stands against the will of God is what then shall we say to all of these things? That if my God would be for me, then what could stand against me? That's why we're winning. He says he's our exceedingly great reward, the victory that lies ahead of us. That's why we're winning. Because if God is on our side, then what could stand against us? Not a job, not a spouse, not a loved one, not a friend, not a foe, not an enemy, nothing, not the kingdom of darkness. What could stand against me if God would be for me? That's why we're winning. That's why we're winning. That's why we are actively winning a battle that has already been won. We just have to agree with it. We just have to agree that it is already done, that he has already defeated the enemy. That victory has already been handed over to us. We just have to hold our position. We just have to hold our stance. He says he's called us into a life of victory, a life of overcoming, a triumphant life, a life of authority, a life of power and demonstration. The psalmist said we win. He said, we win. God said, we win. Hear me. God said that we win. 
if he has said it, then I am fully persuaded that this is, a, this is already done, that it is a defeated foe, that this is a battle that has already been won because God himself said that we win, that he appointed that today just for you to hear. He knew just how much you needed to hear it, even if you didn't know you needed to hear it. We may be looking at our lives and everything looks like it's in order. Everything looks like it's great. But then you have other people who everything looks like it's going to hell. Everything's in shambles. And he came to tell you today to start your Sunday morning that you win. Oh, it's a prophetic word that you win. Because he's speaking to something that will be and already has been. Is that you will win. That you're actively winning in your relationships, in your marriages, on your job, off your job, everywhere you go, you win. Because he said it. Because he said it. I can't break this addiction. I can't break this vice. He's saying, you won. You've already defeated it. You've already overcome it. I can't seem to kick pride. Guess what? You've already overcome it. You just have to believe it. I can't stop smoking. You've already overcome it. I can't stop drinking. I've already overcome it. It's the same word for the house. Regardless of your situation, illness in your body, an affliction in your body, you won. You've already won. We have to be fully persuaded that we've already won. It's not a fight. We just have to hold our position. Hold our position and see the salvation of our Lord that we would be still in our spirits and see him work on our behalf. That's how the kingdom of God works. It's simply on belief. I believe that we're all delivered because he said so. I believe that we're all free. I believe that nothing has overtaken us. I believe that we're all in our right minds. I believe that we can stand and speak of the goodness of God. I believe that today because he said it. I believe that we have excellent marriages, powerful, dynamic, prospering and producing marriages because I believe it. Because that's our stance. It's Praise him. That's right. He don't want you to hear something. You better hear it. Glory to God. But it's what you believe. I'm serious. I woke up this morning and I just began to really think on everything that God has done. And so it was it was a word from God when I walked in. He said, You're winning. See, you know why I was a word from God? Because I was expecting a word from God. I was expecting to hear something from him today to tell me that I'm winning. Because guess what? It doesn't feel like I'm winning. But I can't be moved on how I feel. I can't even be moved on what it looks like. But, I, but he knew that I needed to hear in my spirit because I was expecting to hear. 
for him to say that I'm winning. And when I heard it and I saw all of us together, I saw all my brothers and my sisters. I saw my pastor and my teacher. And everybody had something that they're dealing with. Everybody has something that they need to hear God for. But everybody's not expecting to hear him. That's why, that's why when we're saying that we're winning, to some, it's good news. To others, it's just hope. To some, it means nothing. But I truly believe, I'm fully persuaded, without a shadow of a doubt, that we all win. Because my father said so. And there's no word that a man can speak that supersedes what the king has said. The decree has went out. The verdict has been rendered. We win. We win. We win. We win. We win this fight. We win today. We win tomorrow. We win this battle called life. We win. Because he said it already. So what then shall we say to all of these things that make us not feel like we're winning? If God would be for us, what and who could be against us? Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Can we just give him some praise? Can we just tell him how awesome he is? Can we tell him how good he is? How merciful he is? How mindful he is? He's God. He's God and beside him there is no other. There is not a name that a man can be saved by except Jesus Christ. He's the one that has resurrected us to life. He's the one that has kept our minds. He's kept us in his will. He's kept us in his hands. His hand of protection has been on us and our loved ones. Those that we pray to. I was praying this morning. I was praying this morning. And, and I just stood in awe. Because I don't know about some of y'all, but there are times that I pray that I don't hear anything right away. And, and, and when you're young in God, still immature in God, that can be disheartening. Because, because the word of God says we should pray, right, and believe that we shall receive. But we don't always perceive that we receive right away, right? So I was praying, I was up and just, you know, getting ready for church and all. And, um, and God answered a prayer that I sent up to him yesterday. And it wasn't so much about what I prayed about as it was that I'm like, see, as a man in the need of a father, like, see, this is what most guys may not say, because women are more vocal about needing a father, right? See, but for me, for so long, I had a stepdad. I had a biological father that wasn't there. And stepdad did the best that he could with what he knew how to do. That's also something that we have to realize when it comes to parents. They can only do what they know how to do. That'll set you free from a lot of things. But when, see, for God, see, with me and God, he's the only thing in my life that's consistent. The only thing in my life, not my wife, not my child, not even my pastor, my teacher, but God. And so when he answers a prayer for me, and then he confirms it when I walk in, 
And then I go to my man of God and I tell him what he told me. And he confirms that it is him. See, this is why I'm fully persuaded that nothing can take me out of the hand of God. Because I've been bought with a price. And that's something we have to be fully convinced on. Is that we can't play this thing called church. We can't play with this thing called salvation. See, because if I go today, I have, my brother asked me, he said, he said, B, are you afraid to die? Sitting in my living room. Now he not, no, now mind you, he knows God. Guess what? He also knows what he should be doing. Right? He asked me, he said, B, are you afraid to die? Like, like you ever thought about it? Very long, short, long story short, I told him I had a dream that I was at my funeral. And I said, you know something, Drill? I said, it's funny. I said, I wasn't afraid to die. I said, what I said to God was, God, you just gave me a child. I said, no, no, no. I didn't just have a child. He gave me a child. And I said, if you gave me this child, then guess what? I have a responsibility to fulfill. I haven't done that yet. I said, so I can't go yet. And I woke up. And so it wasn't a matter of being afraid to go. I told him, I said, you know what I'm afraid of is that I may not finish everything he has asked me to do. I said, that was my conversation concerning death. But I told him this, and I feel that we all need to hear this because some of us are still on the fence when it comes to God. I told him this. I said, you know that feeling when you're about to do something you know you shouldn't do, right? Like say, drink and drive, right? All right. And you got that feeling that's like, don't do it, right? But you still do it. I said, when you see them lights in that mirror and that cop pull you over, I said, that feeling right there that says, I knew I should have stayed home. Something told me to stay home. I said, I don't want to know what that feels like when I'm standing before God. I don't want to know that feeling because I know what it feels like when I don't listen to my conscience. I said, but to stand before him and I know in here, because that's what he deals with, is the heart. I know in here that I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing to who I'm doing it to and who I'm doing it with. And I stand before him. And see, when you're before him, you, there's nothing you can say. You can't say, I didn't hear. You can't, you can't even say, I tried. Because he's dealing with truth. Light and dark, there's no variance. There's no middle ground. And guess what? He deals with your heart. So we can't keep playing this thing called church. We can't keep playing with our salvation. Because I'm telling you, as much as you are sitting here right now, we all have a day. We have an exactly appointed time to stand before God who knows everything. We See, we may not know everything and hear about your life, but God knows everything. And there's not a word you can bring to him that he's not already aware of. He can't be deceived. He can't be convinced otherwise. He already knows. So when you stand before him, there's nothing that can be said except that you receive your verdict. Either you be welcomed or you be rejected. See, but the hope and the assurance that we have is that those of us who are here that are, that are believers in God, serving God wholeheartedly, he says to come in, my good and faithful servant. See, those are the words that I'm awaiting to hear. That is the great and exceedingly great reward that lies before me that I press towards the mark for. 
is for him to say, come in, because you've been good and you've been faithful. That's something we got to consider today before the word comes forth, is what will happen if today was your day? Where will you go if today was your day? And are you comfortable? Have you settled in your heart that I'm okay with where I'm going? Because when you stand before him, you're not going to have a choice. You're not going to have a time to say, I'm okay with where I'm going. But if you're going the route you're going, you need to consider. You need to take this moment and really consider. Because he loves you enough to extend salvation to you again. Some of us have heard this call multiple times. Don't play with your salvation. Don't put it to chance. All it takes is a moment. So I would like to welcome everyone that has not been here before to Walker Ministries, where we deal with the truth. We don't play with salvation. We don't play with this thing called life. And we actually love you. Love you enough to tell you that there's a destination called heaven and hell. But you get to choose where you go. So at this time, we'll have the reading. If we could all stand, those of us that can, for the reading of the Old and New Testament. is my rock of escape from Saul and my fortress in the wilderness and my deliverer. My God, my rock, in him will I take refuge. My shield and my horn and the horn of my salvation. My stronghold and my refuge. My savior, you save me from violence. I call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I am saved from my enemies. And the word of the Lord is blessed. Good morning, good morning. I'll be coming from Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run, let us run with the endurance, the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now, now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne and the word of the Lord is blessed. of this ministry and the foundation of all of our lives. And it so reads, If I can speak in the tongues of men and even of angels, but have not love, that reasoning intentional spiritual devotion, such as is inspired by God's love for and in us, I am only a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose, and understand all the secret truths and mysteries, and possess all knowledge, and if I have sufficient faith so that I can remove 
repentance, but have not love. God's love in me, I am nothing, a useless nobody. Even if I dole out all that I have to the poor in providing food, and if I surrender my body to be burned, or in order that I may glory, but have not love, God's love in me, I gain nothing. Love endures long and is patient and kind. Love never is envious, nor boils over with jealousy, is not boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily. It is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It is not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. For it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffering world. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes, is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. Love never fails, never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. As for prophecy, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose, it will be fulfilled and pass away. As for tongues, they will be destroyed and cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. It will lose its value and be superseded by truth. For our knowledge is fragmentary, incomplete and imperfect. And our prophecy, our teaching is fragmentary, incomplete and imperfect. But when the complete and perfect total comes, the incomplete and imperfect will vanish away, become antiquated, void, and superseded. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. Now that I have become a man, I am done with childish ways and have put them aside. For now we are looking in a mirror that gives only a dim, blurred reflection of reality, as in a riddle or enigma. But then when perfection comes, we shall see in reality and face to face. Now I know in part, imperfectly. But then I shall know and understand fully and clearly even in the same manner as I have been fully and clearly known and understood by God. And so faith, hope, and love abide. Faith, conviction, and belief respecting man's relation to God and divine things. Hope, joyful and confident expectation of eternal salvation. And love, true affection for God and man growing out of God's love for and in us. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Amen. Y'all may be seated in heavenly places. Glory to God.
getting the reins and to the seats. I'm not sure what they're doing over here, but anyway. How's everybody doing? How is everybody doing? All right. All right. Good with it, God. Wait, sir. How you doing back there? All right. Man, we come to get the word today. Man, we come to feed. Amen. I know that's right. Y'all know, Pastor, I'm going to get some things going. But I got to check the crowd first. Check everybody countenance. Who's not smiling? What's going on? Is it that bad? I mean, you're getting beat up. What's going down, y'all? Where is the oil at today? Is it oil on this side? I'm going to say it. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the oil over here. I don't know. We got Sherry back there. I don't know. We got the, I don't know. Go to go. How you doing? All right. Man, good to see everybody. Hey, life is good. You are alive. <laughs> it could be the opposite. You could be before God right now. Taking account on what you have done with the word that you've heard. Mm. How many of y'all ready to go? How many of y'all ready to go? If the sky would crack right now, you ready? How many of you? Re- that means everybody ain't raising their hand. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I mean, I mean, maybe uh, they like spirits. I got unfinished work here. Mm-mm, mm-mm, you got to get it done now. <laughs> I was talking to minister in the back. We were having that conversation. Where he at? Okay. I need him up front. Tell him up front and center. All right. Minister. Anyway, what I was telling him was, he was like, I, you know, got to work to do this and that. If I leave, you know, whatever. Okay, but this is my thing. Let's picture the thief on the cross. That's what I said. Did he have a chance to get everything tidy up? Did he have a chance to do that? Get baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost? Did he speak in tongue? Did he raise it? He didn't get a chance to do anything. So the important thing, or the moral of this story, is that you should be ready. You should be ready. Listen, his readiness is in his heart. Not in his works. See, so the thing of it is, are you ready? See, when I said, are you ready? I ain't talking about your, your unfinished work. Okay. I'm talking about is your heart in the right place. So that's the question to be asked. Is your heart? Go ahead. Take an account right now. Do a self-audit right now. Is my heart in the right place to receive eternity? Yeah. Oh, come on, y'all. I got to go through the crowd. They just don't believe it. Is your heart right right now? Is your heart right right now? With your neighbor. Is it right? Because that's how you're going to get in. You're not going to get in any other way. Not just because you know of God. (laughs) You have to be known of God. Y'all hear me? See, the church ain't teaching everybody this. Everybody's coming in, you know, do this and blabbing and grabbing and do all this. Ain't nobody got to live right. You can still sin and do everything you want to do. That's not how you get in. Your heart got to be right. That's the thing. Okay, they like, move on. I'm going to stay right there. 
Because <laughs> when I meet them, I got to take an account for you. <laughs> See, ain't nobody don't think about this. That was a good question. So are you ready? For real, are you ready? You have to ask yourself, am I ready? When I stand before him, my kids ain't going to be there with me. Your baby ain't going to be there with you. You might leave before your baby. So the question is, am I right? Come on, go ahead. Go ahead. Mm, ain't nobody stuff. I want to know how my report. I want to know my report. You got to take an account. The Bible said you have to take an account out for every idle word that you spoke. See, that's why nobody want to come to the kingdom. It's too strict. It's too hard. No, it's not. <laughs> when you give up your will, it's not. It's only hard when you go or kick against the pricks, when you resist. It's only hard. Oh, man, I'm trying to work on our relationship. What's this, relationship 10 today? This is my temp teaching on relationship. So how are our relationships? How are our relationships? This is important. <laughs> Love is with God and man. It's not just with man, and it's not just exclusive to God. It has to be God and man. Who got an art with their brother in here? I'm going to look down. I'm not going to look up. <laughs> Who is carrying something from their past? Okay, it's going in there now. My question is, why? My question is, why are you carrying your past? When you're supposed to be more concerned with your present and your future. How come the past can't stay the past? How come the past is the present? How come, you know, I'm 35, but I'm still traumatized from when I was 10? And the trauma and it's still not that's not happening to you now. I need to know that before we go on. You know, this is how you live your life. You live your life. With your past mistakes, guilt of it, shame of it, that's not living. That's not living. Okay, you made a bad choice. Let's move on. You don't have to stay there. Where is it written that I have to stay there? I mean, just, can we just get some practical things done first? How come <laughs> I keep failing the test? How come I keep failing the test? I mean, come on, y'all. How come I keep taking the test, showing up for the test, but I keep failing the test? How come? Uh, hold on. <laughs> And as your life is an open book, it really is. I 
mean, we got to go. Come on, y'all. Before I go in there, can we just, we got to get some things right. Just some practical things. Why am I struggling? You know, okay, I hear you, Lord. Just the past. What is that? Why do we still stay there? And you can never see tomorrow. You, you can never have hope. Because you're still stuck in what happened. What you did or didn't do. <laughs> what happened or didn't happen. You're still there. And you cannot make people do what you want them to do. You cannot do it. Can't do it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm just kind of get some things. And this is for everybody. This not for a select few. This for everybody. No, I can't deal with my past. I can't be meditating on the man that stabbed me. I'll be of no help to you. Because hurt people. <laughs> and I don't want none of you to feel what I feel when it came to my past. But we always want to share. I hurt. Yeah, we do. We'll say this. You don't understand how I feel. You don't see what I'm saying. I know, but it happened 30 years ago. Let it go. God. I didn't have a mother. I didn't have a father. But the Bible says you, when you come to Christ, you have new mother, new fathers, new sisters, new brothers. You got to come to Christ first, though. I don't know. Am I talking to anybody? I just need to know before I can move on. Am I, is that? Were you the good sibling or the bad sibling? You know, the one always caught in trouble, always doing something, always influencing your siblings. Yeah, well, there ain't no time frame on this one. Ain't no time frame on this one. Ain't no time frame. How are you? Were you a good sibling? No, now, you know you're building your friendship on that, right? Your foundation. You're on how you treat people. Hmm. I was asked a question over the weekend. What was the most, what was your childhood? What, did, what was the most exciting or memorable thing in your childhood? Somebody asked me that. A saint of the most high asked me that. Man. So when your mind, do, do you automatically think of the bad thing before you filter through and find out what the good thing was? Because everybody had something bad. You're not alone in this. But you also had some good things. 
I like, she didn't ask me, what was the most tragic thing that happened to you? No, she asked what was the most memorable thing, you know? And I told her, I said, growing up in Navy housing. Because when I grew up in Navy housing, there was a plethora of races. I grew up with Filipino, blacks, whites, Asians, you know, Dominican. I grew up with everything, Hawaiian, Samoans. I grew up with every race. And I like the observation that a man of God had given. He said, that's how your congregation is looking. Because that's how you grew up. That's what you identified with. So look around. Mm. I listen real good. It should be like that. My experience is with, see, that's how he's building me. So you don't just become a pastor. It's your experiences with people of any race. It has no, see, with me, I don't see, yet I do see color. See, but you've got to be able to see the way God sees. He wasn't blind and told who not to marry and this and that. He saw that in the mixing. He saw that and he had a purpose for that. But his heart was so, see, what I see that he really loved us because we were Gentiles outside of the covenant. Then he gave us something so precious like salvation. And we run amok with it. We do some of the things the same rabbinical Jew pe- Jewish people do. We make the word of non-effect in our belief. And something very simple is how we treat each other. Amen. Relationship is everything. You can't have a job without a relationship. You can't have a family without a relationship. You can't have friends without a relationship. So relationships is everything. So we should study relationships. We should understand relationships. Yep. We should find what connects us and what what disconnects us as much as what connects us. You know, you be around somebody and you just get this funny feeling. Oh, this is, oh. So you be like, oh, that's the Holy Spirit. There's something wrong. Something wrong with that person. No, it ain't. It's something that that person brings out in you. It's, it's you. It's what that person brings out in you. They ain't said a word to you yet. Nothing. That's right. Exactly. It's you. You're right. You're mad. You're dealing with uh, But you think it's a person. Oh, they just give me the creeps when I get around them. No, you creeping. It's not them. It's you. They don't even see you. They just going about their business. You be like, oh, that's my that's my discernment kicking in. That's the Holy Ghost. Mm -mm 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 -mm. You know why? Because you ain't convicted of your sin. Okay, don't nobody want to talk about that. How come that's the bad word? How come that sin is the bad word in churches? And that's what you're doing. I didn't say all of you, but some of you are. I mean, right here. <laughs> I'm gonna go. Can I just be real? All right. 
It's like somebody saying, go to the scripture, pastor. <laughs> Talk about some things. We, we, they make me feel funny. Somebody saying that about you. Every time she come in the room. I don't want that. <laughs> come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Let's be real about this thing. Hang <sighs> on. Y'all know why I'm getting you this word like this? Let me tell you why. Can I just go to the scripture? Go to the scripture, Pat. I'm going to go to the scripture. Oh, my job is important. My job is important. And it's good to be, it's good to know that you are functioning in your purpose. See, a lot of us aren't functioning in our purpose. This is why life is lethargic and it's cloudy and you don't, we want to get up out of here and, you know, because you're not functioning in your purpose. Purpose brings fulfillment. Every last one of you have a divine purpose. You can do your own. You can, you can make up your own purpose. And then present that to God and say, I'm doing your purpose, but that's not his purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, your purpose always want to make you feel good. The easy way. The easy way. Not the hard. Yes, right. Path for the least of resistance. Mm. I'm trying. <laughs> I know that. You ain't seen nothing yet. Wait. Um, yeah, they coming from my color. I like color. I'm confident in my color. I like color. Mm, I'm bright. I like that. Just, just a reflection of my personality. So. All right. Praise the Lord. All right. Okay. So <laughs> what are you doing, Pastor? What are you doing? I feel like they. I feel like I feel like Proverbs twelve one one more time, right quick. Uh, y'all, some of y'all might have forgot. So, get Proverbs twelve one real quick, and then we can go to the other one. I want to just get in and kind of help y'all. Let y'all know what teaching I do before we get into the deep relationship stuff. Amen. Come on, feel good in here this Sunday, don't it? Woo! Last week. Oh. All right. Come on. You ready? Proverbs chapter 12 at verse 1. Listen. To learn, you must love discipline. It is stupid to hate correction. I know it. All right. Don't that just feel good in your soul? Yeah. I don't think y'all heard that. One more time. Faith comes by him. To learn, you must love discipline. It is stupid. To hate correction. This is how you survive and get to heaven. It's because you are disciplined. Yeah. 
How many of y'all got a job? So if you don't, if you don't, aren't disciplined in your job, you'll be unemployed. Right? So you can be disciplined. Now, there's levels of being disciplined. Because some of you don't go to work except when you want to go to work. And some of you go to work late. That's a character flaw. Yeah, you only have certain value of your job when you do that. Yeah, you don't trust God. He's watching you. He's trying to change your name. Y'all got it over here? He's trying to change your name. Okay. Okay. Abraham, father of none. Or Abram, should I say, father of none. But now when he changed his name, father of uh, Abraham, now he's father of many, multitude of many nations. Which includes you because he's the father of faith. Oh, one man can't make a difference. One man can't make a difference. Oh. Y'all know that word in the Hebrew is tamim. It's still tamim. Tamim means complete. It's, it, it, it does mean perfect. Perfect in the Hebrew means or it means complete. See, we think it's without spot or blemish. That's not in the Hebrews. That's not what it means. That's not the way they see it. We see it as perfection. No, it's fullness. So the Torah is perfect. Yeah. I mean, it's complete. My God. See, this is, this is, and, and Torah simply means teaching and instruction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What man does not like. Man does not like to be taught and instructed how to live his life. It's a big issue. That's why men don't come to Christ. They come to Christ on their stipulation, the way they want. See, Torah is teaching and instructions how God's way. See, and we don't want to do that. So you can be perfect. You can be fully mature. See, this is see. I'm, our understanding of the word is from a Western perspective. So now our understanding of what God was saying is screwed. See, this is, this is why you have to have teaching. Yeah? Yes. Oh, man. Can I do what God said do? Can y'all? I need y'all to do something for me. Okay. All right. Come here. Now, I want to. I want y'all to pray, but I want to embrace him. He needs this. Do y'all hear me? I'm going to listen to the Holy Spirit. Come here.
Don't think we're going to talk about families and your family won't be under attack. See, this is when you are to operate in God's love, not yours. Y'all understand? See, Holy Spirit know what he's doing. And I'm going to be yielded, and whatever he tells me to do, I'm going to do it. Don't think we're going to sit up and talk about relationship, and your relationship won't be challenged. Don't think we're going to talk about marriage, and your marriage ain't going to be challenged. Okay? The question is, is what you're going to do with the challenge? What you're going to do with the choice? What you're going to do with all the word that you heard? You know that your enemy is not flesh and blood. You should know your enemy is spiritual. So what you're going to do is you can't respond in the flesh. You hear me? You can't respond in the flesh. Got to respond in the spirit. That's right, sir. You're in the right place hearing the right thing for your marriage. It don't matter. You're going to get the word. Now watch what happens to your life. He know everything about your relationship, your situation. He know everything. That's right. He know everything and he got you. And see, if we can just get the group in here today to support what God's will is for your life, or we can get this thing accomplished. Amen. You got friends and you got help. You got the intercessor right behind you. Intercede. We got to stop letting the enemy come in here and destroy our families. The purpose and the will of God for your life. I just need some of y'all to really believe this. If it's her, it's you. It's us. If it's them, it's us. Jesus, man got to come against this stuff. No, he coming seeking who he can destroy. This is what he wants to do. He wants to come against the family. And you can't let him do it. He only can come for what's in you. You just got to make sure there's nothing in you of him. Because he, he's just in the attack. He's just in the attack. Stop letting the enemy shame you too. Stop letting them shame you because something wrong in my marriage. No, this is why we're teaching what we're teaching here to help you to combat the enemy over your life. No, put him on blast. Stop talking about I'm rejected. Reject him. Yeah. He sure will. He sure will. He sure will. But we won't contend and we won't fight for what God said is his will. See, we are here to do the will of God, but he uses your will to do it. You're in the right place, hearing the right thing. That means you're going to have the right choice to make. You can make the right choice now. Don't make no sudden moves. So you need to know when your flesh is moving and when the spirit is moving. See, when you desire, you got to be careful about your desire. 
got to be careful because the enemy, he'll come in your dreams with your desire. No, oh, man, we got to be ready. All right. See, that's another thing. We, we got to be able to stop. What I'm teaching ain't nothing more important than the unity of what we're doing here. Amen. Got to contend and fight. See, we don't understand. See, marriage is the will of God. I'm going to say it again. Marriage is the will of God. But everybody don't have to be married to do the will of God. But marriage is his will. All right. All right. Shoot. Here we go. We're going to break this thing all the way. Next week, next week after. We're going to continue in relationship till we get our relationships where they need to be. Amen. Good God. Woo! This is what I'm doing. Before we get any start, this is what you need to know what I'm doing. In case y'all don't know. Go to 2 Timothy 3.16. So you beat the enemy with intelligence, with knowledge. Okay? He, he gets you with the lack of it. Amen. Ignorance. He feeds off of it. And you feed him it. Okay. You ready? Yes, sir. Second Timothy chapter 3 at verse 16. Every scripture is God-breathed, given by his inspiration, and profitable for instruction, for reproof, and conviction of sin, for correction of error, and discipline in obedience, and for training in righteousness, in holy living, in conformity to God's will, in thought, purpose, and action. That is what teacher and I and the Holy Spirit is doing for you. That's called the gospel. Okay, we, we need to hear that. I need that to get in y'all's spirit. Every scripture is God-breathed. Breathed by the Ruach HaKodesh. That's the wind, the breath of God. Amen? Come on. Given by his inspiration and profitable for instruction. Listen, hold on. It's given by his inspiration, not man's. So man isn't... And man is inspired by the Holy Spirit to administer the scriptures. It's not man in his will writing the scriptures. It's by the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit through the hearts of men that you have the scripture. Come on. And profitable for instruction, for reproof and conviction of sin. For correction of error, and discipline in obedience, and for training in righteousness, in holy living, in conformity to God's will, in thought, purpose, and action. That's how you're being taught here. This is how you're being taught and administered the word of God through that scripture. 
So I want to make sure that we get that understanding when teaching I up here or whoever else is up teaching. Okay? Yes. Scripture is profitable for man. The word profitable means useful, beneficial, helpful. Simply stated, the Bible is for man. Mm. God gave it to help us and to help man. There are four very specific helps found in the Bible. Y'all ready? The Bible is profitable for doctrine. God wants man to know beyond doubt who God is. Who man is. The beginning. The meaning. And the end of things. The scripture reveals truth. The nature. The meaning and significance of truth. The Bible gives man the principle and the rules for life. Okay. It gives him doctrine for foundation of his life. Yeah? This is when he says that the word is profitable, the doctrine of it. Amen? Matter of fact, go to John 539 real quick. John chapter 5 and verse 39. You search and investigate and pour over the scriptures diligently mm. because you suppose and trust that you have eternal life through them. And these very scriptures testify about me. Ooh, look at that assurance. So it ain't man's opinion. Jesus is the word. I know we keep saying Jesus, you know, he's black, Jesus, white. No, Jesus is the word. See, but that's not that's not a reality in our. Jesus is the word. Got to be a reality to you. The Bible is profitable for reproof. God wants man to sense conviction and to be rebuked when he is disobedient to God's will. The scripture reveals God's will and the consequences of disobedience to his will. It's too hard here. No, it's not too hard here. You're just being convicted of your sin. That's a good thing. So you go to church and it's all about you feeling good. No conviction. Then there must be a misuse of the scripture then. It must be now man-made. See, and some of us are so accustomed to that type of teaching. Some of us are so used to that. This is what it, reproof means. God wants man to sense conviction and to be rebuked. Only when he is disobedient to God's will. See, I'm trying to 
just before we, we, we try to get into the relationship, but we got to handle some things. Sometimes we forget why we're doing what we're doing up here. And then you forget how you're supposed to receive. And then we forget how we're supposed to test the spirit. This is what I'm doing. Uh, we go to church. It's all about feeling good. Uh, big old entertainment show and all of that. Ain't no conviction. No reproof. No rebuke. Of how you are living. You know you are accountable for how you're living. See. Now we got to be a mega church for it to be accepted. No. Not to do the will of God. You don't have to be. Hmm. The scriptures reveal God's will and, I love this part, the consequences of disobedience to his will. And I told you, we are here on this earth to do the will of God. Not your will, but you can do your will. You can do your will and still come to church. Oh, we do that all the time. To be a follower of Christ, Christ, you have to be disciplined. Sometimes you got to sit a little longer. If you, if you got a problem sitting here for a little while, how will you be able to be in God's presence for eternity? This is just a rehearsal. You have a hard time. Yeah. You might want to think about that. You might want to think about that before you open your mouth. For real. It's too long. It's not. No. If you're connected. See, if you're in the spirit, there's no time, no distance, no space in the spirit. So it would be like we only been here 10 minutes if you were connected in the spirit. That's why I have a hard time trying to leave. That's why I have a hard time. Because I'm in the spirit. It doesn't, there's no time in there for me. But then I still have to be mindful of your attention span. But you want more attention span? You want to be able to sit longer? Well, then the resistance has to be applied. Then I got to make you sit there just a little longer. So to strengthen you. See? See, it's our thoughts. It's our mind, our thoughts. See, see, when you sit there and watch TV, you go down to that little beta mode. You can sit there forever playing the video game. Ten hours straight, blink twice. Because you're in a beta mode. You're in a wrong, you're in a wrong mindset to receive. Every subliminal message that they're sending, you're receiving it. But see, when you come here, no, you're not. You got to engage. You engage here. And it's like when you go to Africa and other places, they, they sit there for six hours. That's just the worship. They ain't even got to the message yet. No, we ready to go. Mm -mm. But you want, you want that, just like you want that circumstance to go real fast. No, stay in there for a minute. Stay in that circumstance for a minute so you'll learn something. And you'll be able to build some resistance up to the enemy. Stay there for a minute. 
Fight that flesh. I want to have sex. No, stay there without having sex. Stay there for a minute until that thing passes you by. No, we won't let it pass by. We won't let it pass by. We won't let it pass by. Can I just be real? Or y'all want me to fake it? You have to be able to take the truth. All right. It said it's profitable for instruction and righteousness. God wants man to know the right things to do. The right things to say. The Bible reveals how to live soberly and righteously. Now, the world don't teach you that. Okay? Steve Harvey don't teach you that. Oprah don't teach you that. The view don't teach you that. You know the things y'all watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. The Bible reveals how to live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world. And we should be looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearance of the great God and his Savior, Yeshua, Jesus Christ. Are you living like that? Mm. Scripture perfects a man and equips him for every good work. Oh, did you read 17? Read 17. In conjunction with 16. No one scripture stands alone. Come on. You want me to tell you what it is again? There you go. Got some scholars up here in here. Let's do it. I didn't hear. I'm sorry. We're 16. 316. Got it. 17 now. We'll go to 17. I ain't going to mess with you. Amen. <laughs> I want to. Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 17. Uh-huh. So that the man of God may be complete for every good work. All right. Maybe they missed it. Go back to 16. Let's read it together. Verse 16. Every scripture is God-breathed, given by his inspiration, and profitable for instruction, for reproof and conviction of sin, for correction of error, and discipline in obedience, and for training in righteousness, in holy living, in conformity to God's will, in thought, purpose, and action. Verse 17, so that the man of God may be complete and proficient, well-fitted, and thoroughly equipped for every good work. My God. Isn't that just beautiful? That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm trying to do or attempting to do in hope to do for you but you got to do your part 
Scripture perfects a man and equips him for every good work. Mm, perfect. It is meant complete, mature, filled. This is what perfect means. Y'all hear me? No person is complete or mature apart from Scripture. Mm -mm -mm. I'm going to say that one more time. Y'all hear me, men in here? (laughs) No person is complete or mature apart from Scripture. Mm-mm. Man was made for God. I'm going to say that again. Man, you sitting here, man, mankind, was made for God. I don't know why I'm here. Why are we here? That's the big, you know, anthropic question. No, I'm here for God. Hello? So now you know why you're here. I didn't ask to be here, but now you're here. No one can make that statement. I didn't ask. No, you can't. People say that all the time. I didn't ask to be here, but you're here. You know why? Because man was made for God. That's why you're here. Now, how you get here, you can't determine that. No. Through covenant of marriage, could be an incest, could be rape. Yeah, but you hear. If you won't show to be here, you wouldn't be here. This is why he's trying to keep the family together so you will come through that. Okay. Woo, here we go. Okay. All right. Got to keep the family together. I'm going to show you all that. Man was made for God. And he is to live, uh-oh, by the word of God. Do you see what happens when a man doesn't try to live by the word of God? Everything, chaos, everything happens. You know? All right. All right. Here we go. If a man tries to live without God and his word, man simply fails at life. He lives, and he lives an incomplete, immature, and misfitted life. Yes. See, maturity is so important. Maturity is strength. That means you can take some things and not be emotionally, you know, dissolved. (laughs) Ooh, I think that's a good word. This is particularly true of man, of, of the man of God, the person who claims to be a minister or a teacher of God's word. Yes, right. You have to be complete, yes, right. mature, yes. not misfitted. Okay. We must study. <laughs> we must study. And we must study <laughs> God's word. <laughs> that God will use him to help him save souls. And comfort the lives of other men of God. No man is saved unless 
He is on fire to save his fellow man. Boom. You do. You do. Yeah. See, and then we never to do that, teacher. We never get the conviction that we are to go out and really administer the kingdom. We're not convinced. We, we can be sit right here, solitary, just sit right here and be real comfortable. But there's no conviction. You're not really saved. No man is saved unless he is on fire to save his fellow man. So this is, this is, is that getting there? Is that, is that hitting somebody? See, I'm, I'm still talking about family. See, y'all got to, we got, it's deep. Family is, is really deep. If you really understand relationship and family. Okay. We must study more and more. And then when we study, we need to study some more. And then after you studied a while, you need to study some more. Oh, man. Okay. Woo. We must allow the scriptures to stir us more and more so that we will reach out to save souls and to minister more and more. See, this is what happens when you study the word. You want people to be saved. All right. All right. That was just, I just wanted us to, uh, to get an understanding of where we are, where we're going with this family thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're really building a family there. Um, so, a nation, really, is just a community of families. America is just a unity, a unit of families. Yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah. Real powerful. Man, that's what was happening with like John Wick. All right. <laughs> it was all about the family. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dog family, but it's the family. Yeah. Everything is about family. Yeah. Everything is about family. Everything is about family, but you can't see it. Okay, all right. Here we go, here we go. Teacher. Can I do a side note? <laughs> it's still family, though. <laughs> what you are willing to spend on something. Value. Hmm. Everybody has a value to what they would spend on something. So much so you will spend what you don't have. You know why? Because you place value to it, more value than what you, your resources really have. It's called debt. <laughs> That's where a lot of us get in. You have things because you place value above them to what you're Resources claim that you have. Okay. Mm -mm. Yeah, you do. <sighs> okay. The more you're willing to spend, the more value you ascribe 
to that thing. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, you do. Yep. So if someone really, really claims that they love you, that means that they have really understood your value. If they claim they really, really love you. Mm-hmm. Can I say that again? So if someone really, really claims that they love you, mm-hmm, that means that they really understand your value. Okay. All right. Then you really understand your, what Christ has done for you. You said you love him. You said you love him. Oh, they, they want to just do it with the, the flesh. But you said you love them. It is. Oh, love is spiritual. God's love is spiritual. And God's love is spiritual. Oh, I got so much I want to unveil to y'all. It's going to take a couple of weeks. But I got to take my time. Can I take my time? All right. All right. I don't want nobody regurgitating it. I want you to absorb it. All right. All right. So I said, they really understand your value then. This is measured by what you are willing to give up for it. Mm-hmm. See, some of us are saved, but we're not willing to. Listen, you value the world more than you value the kingdom. So some of us are not willing to sacrifice the world. Oh, we still. We, they haven't, you haven't done it. You're not willing to sacrifice the world. You, because you ascribe more value to the world than the kingdom. Go ahead, Pastor. Say so. Yeah. Oh, nobody getting this? I did. This is another one. Some of you value your life more than God's life, than Christ's life. You value yours. I just need to say this. You cannot worship God the way you feel. You need to worship him. You cannot. God is a God of perfect order. And he tells you what he expects. Discipline. That is what a disciple is. Is a disciplined, devout follower. Listen to what that word is. A follower. Of Christ. So you can't say you're a believer if you're not following him. That's right. I'm just you have to follow him. I'm just, I'm just saying too. Okay. I got 10 pages. But hold on. That way we're going to be here. Yeah, we should be here, man. <laughs> I should be to get it all out, but. All right. <laughs> Listen to this. Listen to this. That is measured by what you're willing to give up or what you're willing to give up for, yeah. for that yeah. person, right? Yeah. Hmm, think about that for a moment. God loves us so much that he gave up himself. See, but for us, but to really comprehend that saying, what I just said, that he gave of himself for us. See, we don't really comprehend that. Wait a minute. The creator of everything, God himself, the most high, he gave he he left his throne and died for you. 
That's not a reality to us. So if it's not a reality, you don't ascribe any value to what he did for you. I guess some of us won't understand until death knocks on your door, and it will. See, and some of us should have been dead, and you're still alive. Well, that's a just God because he want to make sure that you make the right choice before you leave because he's a just God. Oh, you know some of y'all should have been. He tried to kill me at birth. I died in birth. They had to resuscitate me. But God, who knew? Been in car wrecks, turned everything, walked out, car total, I'm walking out. And you know, if you get total a Chevette back in the day, you know, you, man, you can hit that car and it have been walked up out of it. Me and my three cousins. Car total, crushed. Y'all know I was stabbed. Same thing three times. See, he knows. He knows what a person is going to do, yet he still gives you a will. Okay. You still choose. You use your will to go against, to oppose God. That's how strong your will is. I'll believe you the way I want to believe you. I will serve you the way I want to serve you. And that's not that's nowhere found in his word. That's only found in you. Oh my goodness. We keep playing with this thing, minister. It's called life. Mm-hmm. They got stuff planned for next week and the week after. Ain't none of that promised to you. Ain't none of that promise to you. <laughs> My thing is to make sure that if he take you today, yeah. you've heard the truth again. Yeah. All right. He's a just God. Listen to this. Man, think about that for a moment. God loves us so much that he gave up himself. Man. My wife loved me so much, she gave up all the opportunities she could have to be with another man. And I gave up every opportunity I had to be with another woman. Oh, that's value. That's value. Because the flesh is never satisfied. Oh, no, I ascribe value to my covenant. Oh my God. And none of those people have left the earth. They're still here. Y'all feel me? None of them. But I ascribe value to my covenant. Mm. How many of y'all ascribe value to your covenant? Mm? How many of y'all ascribe value to your covenant? Mm-hmm. It shows. I see the value. There's little value. There's great value. Yeah. I see the value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay. All right. Man. I gave up even the digital women. 
Because I had an affair with digital women. Like some of you. That's the only way to be. That's the only way to be. Is to be real. Too much phoning is going on in church. That's, that's why people, when they see a real pastor, they don't even, what is that? Who, are you, who is that? He's telling me I'm, you know, doing something wrong. Yes, a real pastor. He really loves you. Oh, my God. Amen. <laughs> I mean, you got that right. I had a minister ask me that. Y'all say it for real. A minister asked me that. Well, ain't you? Aren't you saved for real? Okay, here we go. That's a mess, ain't it, Sarah? That's a mess. Listen to this. See, but that, show, that shows you something in the church. That shows you where his maturity is, but he also can see what's real. And it also makes him see himself. See, y'all got to be able to see these things. Yep, gave them up. Digital women had to give them up. Mm-mm-mm. Now that's love. That's that's choice. Mm. Ain't nobody make you do that. That's choice. Ain't nobody make you watch the digital men and the women. That's choice. Why we don't? Why is it quiet when you talk about that? You know exactly what I'm talking about. Nobody want to be real with this. You should be convicted. That's called the gospel. Oh, man. Mm-mm. No. If it ain't you, it is somebody else. There you go. It sure is. Man, man, man. Here we go. So, men and women, what, have, what did you really give up? Or what are you willing to give up for your spouse, to be with your spouse? What are you willing to give up? Because you have to give up something. Mm-hmm. Listen to this. And then you have to give up that because she can feel it if you don't. Uh-huh. Somebody got to give up your mothers. <laughs> I'm talking about, hold on. I'm talking about, I'm saying, I'm saying this. The Bible said, leave your mother and your father, okay, and cleave to your wife. Do y'all hear this? I'm just saying what the word says. Now, I was a mama boy. I was. I really was. I love my mother. But she didn't tell me who to marry. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. No, you can't do that one. Listen to this. And I'm going to show you why, too. I'm not, everything I say is a purpose, and I can follow up with scripture. Listen to this. Bible says you ought to leave your mother and your father and cleave to your wife, right? So basically, you were really born to leave your mother and your father. I didn't say stop loving them, but you were born to leave them. 
Not stop loving him. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what the word says either. Okay? Because it tells you to honor your mother and your father. Okay? Well, what does that mean? <laughs> Remember, marriage is a choice. Not your family. Remember, when two people get married, it's not two families now coming together. It's three families. Not two. Because when you leave and cleave, there's another family. There's not two families. There's three families now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we look at it just like, oh, we bring, we have one big, no, we're three families now. Two, not three. Be careful, because sometimes your in-laws become outlaws. You have to be careful about that one. You got to be careful about interfering. You got to be careful about interference now. You know, that's what happened with two families. It's three families now. Remember, it's two. Remember, it's three, not two. You, know, you have to have permission now to come to the house. I'm talking about the third family. You can't. It's a private environment now. You can't just pop over. Listen, see, we don't, set, we, don't, we don't set these things up. We don't set these things up. It causes interference in the family. You, okay, I'm just talking about the relationship. You have to have permission to enter the new family. You can't just pop up and call and do what you want to do. I told you, it's a private environment. Hello? All right. Marriage is an option. Mm-hmm. Because you can fulfill God's, as I said, will without being married. Married or not married. It's still possible to fulfill your purpose. Yeah? Without being married. So watch this. So don't spend all of your time looking to get married. And forget to live God's will. Mm -hmm. You should be preoccupied fulfilling God's will or preparing to fill God's will rather than consuming your life chasing the prospect of marriage. Remember, marriage is a choice and it's not mandatory. Okay? Mm -hmm. There was a lot of great people in the Bible who did a lot of great things. They weren't married. Mm -hmm. Do your study. Yeah? Marriage can be an attraction, and it also can be a distraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Marriage can enhance your destiny or destroy your destiny. Mm. The car, the house is not the most important thing that you're ever going to invest in your time. It's not that. It's who you marry. Go ahead. Go ahead. See, our problem is that we marry for the wrong 
reason and purpose. When you should right, marry for purpose. <laughs> Hello? So if you marry for purpose, it don't mean that they're going to all look the way you want them to look. Now, if you was marrying for purpose, it doesn't, it's not about looks. Okay. See, that's what happened when he married Leah. No, he, he wanted Rachel. J- Jacob wanted Rachel because she looked good. Right? Wanted because she looked good. But that wasn't, that's how, that's how it didn't work, though. What did Leah bring forth? The tribes that she brought forth. See, it was purpose. It wasn't about how she looked. See, that's where you mess up at. Because you get hooked up on looks. I mean, it's a plus if she looked good. That's great. So you shouldn't be married, you know, because, you know, whatever. Go ahead, fill in the blank. That's not how you get married. That's how you get duped. No, no, no. You said yes. Listen to this. This is why you got to pay important. You got to pay attention. And like I said, all the teaching on relationship. See, most of us start our relationship sexual. It's not sexual. It should be more intellectual, spiritual. This is how you lay down a foundation before you have given yourself. And, and women, you need, you need to find out where he's going. Because you don't want to go. You might not want to go where he's going because he don't know where he's going. And the Bible says you both end up in the ditch. You know how much time? Look at y'all. I need y'all back now. Do y'all know? Do y'all know how much time you waste? Because a person look a certain way? Do you realize how much time you waste? You waste a lot of time. And then there's people that are supposed to be connected to your ministry that you will never meet. Because you didn't do God's will. You did your will. You knew that person won't write. You can't make it right. Okay. It only becomes right when they change, when they want to change. Mario, you're my hero. Y'all don't need no. That that means I'm watching you, Celeste. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. You got to make sure. Won't he answer your prayers? All right. I mean, he answered yours in a mighty way, too. Tell them, Mark, they don't know you. Sir, with the best heart. He served with the best heart. He ain't never got to come up here and read, pray, or nothing. He served with the best heart. That's what, that's what makes a man, his heart. That's what makes a man, it's his heart. 
Not his works, his heart. That's how you get in because of your heart. The thief on the cross didn't have time to do any works. It was his heart. That's what got him in. Amen. Woo, come on. We got to get this thing going. Can you take up a time? Take my time. Take my time. Okay. <laughs> Here we go, y'all. Here we go. Listen to this. And y'all got to be careful, too. You know, I told you it can destroy or it can, <laughs> it can be really nice and it just depends on who you marry. You know, you got some people who never were doing, you know, they were doing well until they got married. They were doing real well until they got married. Mm -mm. They were on the course. Listen, headed down the right path. Their credit was 800. <laughs> Bills paid ahead of time. <laughs> they had a whole life vision plan. They had goals set. Their career was on track. Everything was in order. They were zealous about God. Go they studied, prayed. They had a prayer life. Unstoppable prayer life. Mm -mm. They knew the purpose. They were passionate listen, for their dreams. Mm -mm. They were organized. Their life was... <laughs> God. Their life was decent. Until they got married. Until they got married. Until they got married. Don't let nobody come in your life and destroy it. Amen. Make the connection right first. Get to know them. Just be, just be acquainted first and casual and close friend. Then, you know, if everything works out, then I gave you a checklist. Now, we got the same. We like the same things. We got the same interests. Yeah. We got the same goals. Now, they might now. They probably could be a prospect to get married. Hold on. Because everything is in order. We ain't had sex. You can't build a relationship on that. Not on the physical. How? Okay, I ain't going to ask you how many done tried that one, but. But it's out of order, and that's what we do. That's what we do. Amen. Uh, that's wisdom. It's not working. Then you got to break the soul tie. Right. Yes. Not just off of them, but everybody else they've been with. And some of those soul ties don't come right off right quick. It depends on you. It depends on you, what's in you. God, dog, she's standing up. I can't do this. Ah. <sighs> Okay. <laughs> I heard that. It's feel cool in here right now. They good. Man, I'm thinking about passing some water out. Let's get some drink. Okay. This is what we do sometimes. Teacher, hold on. All right. Hold on. All right. Good. All right. We place more value on something that's material over something that's spiritual. Marriage is spiritual because God is the focus of the male and female and the union of them. Mm -hmm. 
A house can't bring forth life. Our value system is all wrong if that's how you believe. And this is what the world tell you. That's the biggest investment you're ever going to make. No, the biggest investment I'm ever going to make is who I'm going to live my life with for the rest of my life. That's the biggest investment that I will ever make in my life. Yeah? But this is how they think, though. This is how the world thinks. Mm-hmm. Buy that house. Pick out the carpet, the fixtures. Pick out the lighting system. You got the landscaping. All of that looking good. And you can't live in it together. You spend all that work and exercise and effort in building a house, but not a home. That's what you didn't build. You built a house. You didn't build a home. You can do the same thing in an apartment. You're still not building a home. Oh, man, there's so much. There's so much here. I'm, I, I'm trying, and I really want to do this, but, uh, oh, let me, let me. Let me hit this right quick, teacher. All right. I might get teacher some water. <laughs> Divert her. <sighs> God. Okay. Now hold on a second. Can I? No, teacher? Go right ahead. Now, you know, I know reverse psychology when I hear it, you know. So now she wants me to be like, I feel guilty. I'm going to go ahead and end it. She's getting me, y'all. She's getting me. Okay. Uh, i say that for next week, but hold on here. All right? Let me get something on and show you. All right? Hold on. Everybody okay? All right. Uh, okay. Yeah. 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 Hold on. I'm going to get it. Okay. That is... 19. Here we go. All right. Here we go. All right, y'all. I'm almost there. I just had to jump around for a minute. It's not in my flow. But I'm going to put it in there, though. All right? I'm going to put it in there. Uh, maybe that's what I'll say for next week. All right. I'll come back to that next week. Divorce is not good. Okay? Over a 30 year study they've done with divorces um, from, I would say, psychiatrists. Out of psychiatrists, 51% of them are divorced to come to help you. 51%. You come into someone to help you with your marriage, and they're divorced. I'm just saying. To all your education, it doesn't equip them to help you in most cases. Mm-hmm. 
Being a 40-year-old man doesn't mean that you're a man. Being 40 doesn't mean that you're a man. <laughs> when you can live and be faithful to your woman or your wife for 40 years, then, and only then, <laughs> can you be considered a man. See, as a man, you have an obligation. Yeah, you do. You have an obligation to your household. <laughs> this is why marriage is so important. Because the marriage represents the state of the nation. So if your nation has a high rate of divorce, that's the state of your nation. This is why families is so important. Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. Teacher. Teacher. All right. I'm almost there. I just. Oh, man. Mm. Hold on. All right. I'll save the good stuff for next week. Hmm. Trying to bring it right to a quick end. I got the pressure on me. She's standing there with the. <laughs> She's just standing like this. The pressure on me. Come on up here. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Okay. 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 Hold on. I got to do this one. I got to do this one. You getting the podium? No. Saturday. No. No. Okay. This is the last thing I want to say. I, I, wanted, I, wanted us, I wanted to get into, I'll, I'll read next week, but how close are we supposed to be in our marriages? This, this, is, a, this is what's going to preserve our nation. So this is what's wrong. This is why everybody wants to be married. Male or female and male and male and male. That's not, that's, that destroys the nation. This is why God didn't play with adultery in the Old Testament, because he knew the outcome of adultery. He knew that it would destroy the family, which would destroy the nation. So this is why they're doing what they're doing, because our nation is being destroyed morally. This is what's happening. So this is why we're supposed to draw closer to each other. We're supposed to be quantum entangled. Do y'all understand what that means? Can I give you the definition of it? Yes, sir. Listen to this. This is the last thing, teacher. I, I, want to, I want to leave them with this. So quantum entanglement, this is how, and I'm giving you something before, but I'm, we, we're tying this in. This is how we're supposed to be. And, you know, quantum entanglement is a scientific word. But listen, quantum entanglement is a physical phenomenon that occurs when pairs or groups of particles are generated, interact, or share spatial proximity in ways such that the quantum state of each particle cannot be described. Independently of the state of the other, even when the particles are separated 
by a large distance. I, I said all that is that talking about marriage and how we're to be so close, the husband and wife are to be so mingled, so to be so one that they actually become one flesh. And I can be home and she can be at work. But we are so close, we're still one. See, this is what we don't understand when God said, when I join them together, what God joins, what God, listen, what God quantum entangles. We're still together when we ain't together. I'm on the East Coast, you're on the West Coast, but because of our entanglement, we are still one. Now, not only that, but in a situation, we're still so close, so entangled, we're still one. See, this is what the problem is. We're not one. One sitting on this side, one sitting on that side. You're supposed to be so close. See, we don't understand what God put something together. I'm going to help you all with that next week. Y'all okay? Because then I'm going to help you when you put something together. Y'all stop putting stuff together. You're putting stuff together. Teacher, what you got? Glory to God. (laughs) I definitely won't be before you long. But can we really give God a hand clap of praise and gratitude for the engrafted word that's able to change our very soul and direction? My God. Thank you, Pastor. Such a very enriching word. The word of God is always enriching. And it's when it's taught in season. At the appointed time that God will say that this is when you speak on relationships. So I thank you for your ear to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Amen. 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 Oh, my God. This thing, I'm, y'all, I'm living my best life. I keep telling everybody that. Not because things is according to the world as well, but because, what's, because mentally and in my soul, my emotions are healthy. My mental faculties. Oh, see, uh, see I'm, at, I'm at peace. I, there is no war inside of me. I'm, there's no struggle in my thoughts. I don't dislike anyone. No one has control over me. They don't have control on how I respond or interact with them. I, I'm free. I'm living my best life. See, when you have a healthy mind, you have a healthy body. So I I thank God for freedom today. Because a lot of us are not free in our mind because of how someone else is acting. They cause you not to be free. Act the fool all you want. I'm going to be free. I'm going to remain in my freedom. And when you get yourself together... I'm still going to be free. (laughs) Glory to God. See, this is a personal walk. And after you pray, Frida, the word of God said, after you pray, 
He said, you've done all that you could do. He said, just stand. And stand is position yourself in your mental faculties. And my word. It don't mean stand physically. It means position yourself in every word that you've heard concerning you that is true and is coming to pass. He said, remain in my absolute truth. He said, even though there be storms and trials and tribulation and the most tragic things in life, he said, even if the mountain be cast in the sea. See, once we keep our mind on Christ, that's what keeps us at peace. I'm not moved. I'm not moved by how you act or don't act. I'm only moved by the word of the true and living God. I tell you, it's nothing like being free. I'm going to have to teach you on that freedom. Because it's my desire that every believer enter into what God has already prepared for you. And it's not my situation that dictates my joy and my happiness. It's my relationship with my creator because he is the source of that. I tell you, Pastor, what you were teaching on 2 Timothy 3, 16, I believe. So that the man of God, uh, Minister Reed, real quick, real quick. It's always, every scripture is God-breathed, given by his inspiration, and profitable for instruction, for reproof and conviction of sin, for correction of error, and discipline in obedience and for training in righteousness, in holy living, in conformity to God's will, in thought, purpose, and action. First of all, a lot of times when we hear the word, we say the word contradicts itself. But what happens is that the word contradicts your life. The word contradicts your way of living and how you think. The word of God, Pastor, this is so awesome that you would present to us what's supposed to be happening when the word comes forth. You look beautiful, Sarah. Oh my God, you're so beautiful. Oh my God. See, your appearance is making a statement to you in society and at home that you are complete. See, I see, I see your strength. Even though within inside the, the part of you that's humanity is saying, I've been praying and I'm dealing with a lot, but I still believe God. You are together. I'm I'm I was. I was in the word. And Holy Spirit looked at it. You are complete. You have a confidence in you. See, you haven't been here long, but it's your spirit that pulled me to you out of what I, direction that I was going. But God has it all. Just keep praying and stand and see the salvation of your Lord. 
Amen. Beautiful. See, I'm telling you, it's something about a believer should, you should adorn yourself in excellence. It's not about what I have and going out and buying the best things and, oh, I'm not trying to impress anyone. It's not about that. It's who I am. Everything about me is excellent. Because I'm, I'm birthed from excellent now. I was, birthed, <laughs> I was birthed from a mess because that's carnal. And there was flaw. In my humanity, but I'm born again, and I'm born now into excellence. You should always be mindful of how you adorn yourself. You and your children. Because you're the kingdom of God. And you look really kingly today. A child of the king. My God. I tell you... Training, the teaching, teaching is not the method. Teaching is what's taught of the outcome of the method. It's not the method of teaching that defines teaching. It is the outcome of the method. is the outcome of the brief time that Frida's been in the ministry is she's been taught something. She's, she's hearing differently. Certain things are confirmed in her life and it's causing her to go and move and with passion now and intentionally. So it's one thing to be moving in life but not to move intentionally. She know I need to move now with a purpose, even though I'm, I may not be sure right now my purpose, but I know I need to move now with a purpose. Teaching. Training. Why do you need to be trained? And how are we trained? So, when you study and study and read the word and hear the word and obey the word, obey the word, you are being trained. It's training, Minister Star, your spiritual reflex. Oh, glory to God. Oh, I could go some places with that. See, Nico, it's going to cause you to respond in your new nature. My spiritual reflex. The way that I used to think and how, what I would want to say when a person do or say a thing. But now, I've been taught. And I've been trained. And my spiritual reflex, see, they are fully developed now. And they respond according to the mind of God. In the training, it cultivates, Minister Cindy, your soul. 
Minister Fee said, what happens now is this. My emotions, that the direction that they would want to go or set to go, they can't go because my soul, my emotion has been cultivated in holiness. Uh -huh. Jesus. Oh, there's some training that's done and can be done in the word of God. I'm not gonna, because I'm not gonna, I'm not trying to reteach what's been taught. But what happens is that you shouldn't, it's, the outcome is not that you've been trained. It should be now that. What you've been taught is not the training. It's what you've been taught, just like Dance Star. Man, we're going to announce this at the end. See, you go through a lot of training. That's the process. But the outcome is what you've been taught that will be demonstrated. I realize it's not in here. I've been trying, as a teacher, there's certain gifts that comes with the call. And with the call of a teacher, for me, is to give a discernment and also give a knowledge. And when God will, the gift of wisdom. And I often wonder why, Lord, when it comes to certain times of situation, I get so infuriated with Darkness. When I say darkness, that's in an area of a person's life that I discern. And it puts me in a place to where now I know my soul has to be cultivated on a different level now. Because the, the level of my spirit of discernment is heightened. That is higher. That's more developed. Then my soul being cultivated. I'm learning something even in its own lesson about myself. But I realize reproof means this. It is the eye of the word. Oh my God. So Minister B, this is what happens to me when I'm interacting with people of God. And the life that they say that they're living and what they're speaking. The eye of the word of God sees it. And it goes in the closet of the heart of the person. And what I see, it doesn't mirror what I hear. Pastor, this is what rebuke is or reproof is. It is the eye of the word of God that sees the part of you that you keep saying that's not you. Or the part of you that keep making excuses why you are the way that you are. And why you won't do what's right and be fitting for your entire life. But I, I, I thank you, Pastor. I thank you for the time that you did give me. 
I love this teaching. I love this ministry. I love the people of God. I just want thank you. Is that you, Jeff? That's you. So small. Thank you, Renika. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We got to really love on each other. We got to love people out of where they at. Out of that wrong way of thinking. Wow, oh, to be taught and trained. We have to be trained. I thank God for you, growth. Ministers, come on up. I'm speaking something in your life. I, I, I thank God already for you being complete and whole in him. I thank you that you begin to really understand that you have already won. Even when it looked like you have lost or you're losing. You're trying to get a hold of your life. A lot of us are trying to rethink what are we doing. Or if you have not, you need to think what am I doing. <laughs> Amen. Man, God is good. I mean, how much do you, do you really love him? I'm just excited about life. Are you excited about life? I mean, you should be giddy about the kingdom. Oh, man. See, I just want to party in Jesus. They won't let me party. Y'all won't let me party in Jesus. Y'all party in the world. Why you want to party in Jesus? Celebration. <laughs> For those who need prayer or just want to even pray and intercede for someone else, you can do that. This is also a time.